Today on Season 2, Episode 69 of the Unknown Packers Podcast. 69, dudes! Bryce and I look ahead to the upcoming battle for NFC North Supremacy Monday night against the Lions. What are the keys to victory? Who needs to step up and ball out? Take that icy cold plunge with us and find out. And now it's time for Primetime on Tap. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. Touchdown! Dagger! Al Harris, 56 yards to a game-winning touchdown! Green Bay Packers! Go Pack! Go! Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. Let me tell you this, Green Bay is a great town. This is Green Bay, Green Bay, Green Bay. And welcome to the Unknown Packers podcast, where I'm your co-host, Bryce Christensen, and alongside me, I have Neebles for primetime on tap. Packers 4-1 and face off against the Detroit Lions, who are 2-1-1. And, and here it is, primetime, Monday night football, Monday, October 14th, the Packers square off against the Lions. And Nevels, give me your vibes. I mean, I'm feeling good. And if everyone's been following so far, every, week in, week out, I'm telling people we are for real. And uh, Jeremiah, I uh, we we clasped hands and we jumped off the plank into the bellows of the bay. And he trusted me, and I trusted him. And I'm asking you to do the same, Nevels. Let's go naked cannonball style into the bellows of the bay. With the Packers and the Lions squaring off on Monday. <laughs> I am all in. I am ready to go, Bryce. Ready to go. How are you doing? That's what I'm that's what I'm talking about. Jeremiah was hesitant. I was actually a little I, I get it. It had been a while since we had recorded. And then you know what? Um I'm not shy. And so I just I, I just wanted to address the elephant in the room and just say, Hey, will you go naked cannonball style with me? So I'm, in. I'm glad we started I'm glad we started off the episode with that too. And maybe that'll be a reoccurring theme week in, week out for the Unknown Packers podcast. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining in. Primetime on tap. Nebels, give me your take real quick. Breakdowns before the Packers square off against the Lions. All right. Well, Monday should prove to be a difficult game. The Lions, I think, are they're sneaky good this year. Everybody seems to kind of be yeah. over, you know, overlooking them a bit. And one thing to remember is over the last two seasons, they have had our number. They're yep. going into this game 4-0 against us, won the last four straight. But I think that this is going to be the game to break that streak. We have Rodgers at home versus the Lions. He's 7-2 and overall. So that bodes well. And it's prime time. Everybody's going to step up. The Packers have a huge chance to take a big step, big step up with this division lead. It could be the first time that they go 3-0 and since 2012 within the division. So there is a ton to play for. Monday night, division rivals ending the losing streak to the Lions and possibly going up, you know, 3-0 in that division. Huge game. I, I, I like I like I like where your head's at and I'm all on board too. Uh Lions have a winning streak right now, four games since 2017, albeit that Rodgers has been hurt. Uh, but according to Packers.com, the Packers are 25 and 3 against the Lions in the state of Wisconsin since 1992. Green Bay has a 27-11 and 11 overall mark against Detroit since 2000, a 7-11 winning percentage that is tied 
for number one among NFL teams, the other one being the Minnesota Vikings, that have played the Lions 10 plus times over that span, according to Pro Football Reference. And you mentioned that Rodgers, 7-2, and two, he's also thrown 17 touchdowns and just three interceptions, has a passer rating of 109.4 in those games. Rodgers has also registered a passer rating of 100 plus in six of the nine home games against the Lions. So I've been talking about it. Big bad daddy. Who's your daddy? Aaron Rodgers. And that's the thing. Lions, you know what? You might have gotten your, you you had your window. You had your opportunity. And now we've got uh, Rodgers, who I've talked about the brilliant mind of him, the brilliant mind of Lafleur, the brilliant mind of Mike Pettin and Brian Gutekunst and so on and so forth. And this is a huge game. Like you said, 3-0 in in the division for the first time since 2012. And the winner sits atop against the NFC North when you look at it, beating the Bears, beating the Vikings, beating the Broncos, wins a win. Short week against the Philadelphia Eagles. That was my big concern. I felt good, but the biggest thing for me was short week. What's going to happen? Detroit, Philadelphia needed to win that game because they had just lost to Detroit. So I, for me, going to Dallas was a big indicator for me of the mindset of this Green Bay Packers team. And now they come back Monday night football, Monday night football, Matt LaFleur. I I feel like he's going to bring it. And so let's break it down. Give me, give me your overall vibe. You know, the Packers are sitting four and one. Jeremiah and I scratch the surface a little bit. And the next time we meet up for our beer duo sessions, we'll probably give out our, you know, mid season MVPs. But right now going in, what bodes well for the Packers against the, against the Lions? That's a good question. I mean, this Lions team to me is probably the best they've put together in the last few seasons. The, the losses in the past, they're in the past. I don't think those teams were quite as talented or well coached as the Lions are this year. So that's going to be a, a true test in itself. I mean, just looking at it, I, I think right now, as I've been saying week in, week out, is this game is going to rely heavily on Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams in the running game. The Lions have a very good secondary, um, as I'll go over a little bit later, you know, statistically with them, but they are below league average in the rushing defense. I believe they rank 20th for yards per game. So rushing games gotta definitely gotta gotta step it up, and our young receivers have to do what the best they can against this this very very fast, sneaky Lions secondary. Uh, and I Speaking of secondary, I think that's the biggest thing that bodes well for for the Packers. And when you look at the draft capital that's been brought in with Jair Alexander, 2018 first-round pick, Kevin King, 2017 second-round pick, essentially you could call him a first-round pick, and safeties Darnell Savage, first-round pick earlier this year, and Adrian Amos, who big-time free agent signing just this past offseason, Make up this new revamped secondary for Mike Pettin in Green Bay, who's allowing just 58.2% of opponent passes to be completed against them with a 75.9 opponent pass rating. It's a unit that's also racked up seven interceptions so far in, in 2019, tied for league most. And Matt Stafford said this, quote, I mean, they're a really good defense, end quote, sage advice from Matthew Stafford. But he starts off again going, They've got guys up front that wreak havoc on the game and guys in the back end that are really sticky in coverage and do a great job. And the ball is in there for going and making plays on it. We'll have our work cut out for us. And so I think that that's the matchup that I'm really keying in on is Detroit's passing attack mm-hmm. 
versus Green Bay's pass defense slash overall if they can pressure the quarterback. For sure. So when you look at three of Detroit's top receivers, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones Jr., and Daniel Amendola, they all have had a 100-yard game and one touchdown as yep. well under their belt this season, and so does rookie tight end TJ Hawkinson. And so they've got they've got the weapons. And I think also like when the Packers bounce back from Philadelphia going into the Dallas, a huge game that I feel like we're not even I mean, granted, you're gonna have the bad apples, the naysayers that say, Oh, we let them back in. But if you look at the game, if you watch the game again, Dallas is a good team. So you're going to expect them to kind of claw their way back into it, especially at home. Oh, yeah. They're going to find ways to adjust. But the true mark of a championship team is figuring out ways to win, even when they feel like the tempo might have changed and they're losing that energy. So I look at exactly. this as a huge statement win. And now, moving forward, you're going Monday night football against Detroit. Like you said, that maybe people are sleeping on them. I mean, they go toe-to-toe with Kansas City, yep. probably provide a blueprint. And so when I'm looking at Kansas City and I'm looking at Green Bay, of course, I love Patrick Mahomes, Mm -hmm. probably Mm -hmm. my second favorite player outside of Aaron Rodgers. But you look at Kansas City, and granted, when I looked at that game, they don't have the defense that we have. And so when they talk about sticky in coverage, I do want to mention this with with Kenny Galladay coming into his third year. Who do you think, because Jeremiah and I talked about it, that Kevin King, when he's on the field, He's unstoppable. Definitely. And in the Dallas game, when he got pulled out due to injury, that's when Dallas started driving. I think that all of their scoring possessions occurred when Kevin King was on the sideline. You are correct. You are correct. Yeah, he's going to be, he is going to be key. I mean, how is he? I, I haven't checked the injury report. How is he? Uh, his shoulder was flaring up again, wasn't it? Right. And speaking of injury report, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Uh, no, it's his they, groin. I'm sorry. His his knee his knee and groin is what uh, is on the injury list now. I just pulled it up. And that groin has been kind of ongoing. And the knee, I believe, was when he actually uh, intercepted that pass, I believe, intended for Michael Gallup. And gotcha. probably probably got away with some pass interference on that. Yeah. And then uh, tried to return it, got nicked up. And that's the thing with Kevin King is I think it's like 19 games so far he's played and like 17 he's been injured. Mm-hmm. So so 50-50, the guy makes plays. Oh, yeah. But what we, but what we talked about with in, in the Beard Duo session is Kevin King's that guy. Jair Alexander is a stud. Yep. And I feel like he's going to bounce back. That was my original point with how Green Bay bounced back from Philadelphia to Dallas. I feel like Jair Alexander is going to bounce back from the Amari Cooper explosion and what he'll do going into Monday Night Football. Who do you think Jair locks up against? Who do you think Kevin King locks up against. Right, and I want to kind of expand a little bit upon what you were saying about Jair having the bounce-back game. He seems like the type of guy who's going to go back and, and really look at that film, study that film, you know, and be like, what did I do wrong? What can I do better? And I think he's going to I think he's gonna ball out this week for sure. I don't know. You know, that's a good question. I, oh, I'm thinking. Because personally, I think, I think you go King- Galladay, yeah, if King yep. is ready to go. Yep, that's exactly what I was thinking. King on Galladay and then uh, Jair on, on Jones Jr. And then, and then you got to watch out for Sneaky Danny, though. And so then you have Tremont in the slot. Yep. Who, I mean, I hate doing the whole like weakest link sort of thing. I mean, he he provides and he contributes in, in other ways outside of his play on the field with his veteran leadership. But slot wide receivers have, have been 
been able to uh, wreak some sort of havoc against Tremont Williams. Also, that Michael Gallup touchdown where mm-hmm. I think could have been an interception if Tremont Williams plays that right. Again, it's it's tough when the ball goes up in the air. You're kind of playing the wide receiver. Gallup does some really great adjustment to go for the ball, and then Tremont Williams is out of place. But right. that's that's where I look at where where does Tremont Williams, does I mean, with Danny Amendola, could he be sneaky? And then the middle of the field, where I get really concerned with the Green Bay Packers and TJ Hawkinson, yes. what can what can he do? But before we, uh, I want to mention, uh, before we go on to another person that I want to keep an eye on, I, I want to mention the, the injury report. And this is based off of Thursday's report. So, so this can change a little bit, but Aaron Rodgers was a limited participant with a knee injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodgers hadn't been previously on the report, and those present for Packers media availability didn't offer any immediate insight. So definitely something to keep an eye. I don't think anything's too concerning, but something. Sure. I mean, it, it, it's still something to pay attention to. Meanwhile, running back Jamal Williams was a full participant in practice after missing Sunday's game. That's going to be huge. Going to be huge. And so then, even speaking after about practice, Jamal Williams doesn't even remember the play. So oh something to kind of keep an eye on with that concussion. Tight end Robert Tanyan did not participate in practice, nor did safety Darnell Savage, cornerback Tony Brown, or wide receiver Devonta Adams. Adams, who's been battling turf toe, said he wants to be careful with the injury so it doesn't jeopardize the entire season. So we mentioned this in Jerry World that this turf toe thing could could linger. Definitely. And and for me, I'd much rather them we can win without Devontae Adams. Yes. And that's that's the really exciting part is we can win. So now the true testament is now that Patricia and company know what Aaron Jones is capable of, and I'm sure that they've been familiar with him for the last couple of years, but now that they know that he'll be a focal point with Devontae Adams more than likely being out Monday night, this is Aaron Jones's opportunity now. To not just say, oh, this wasn't just some sort of fluke, nor do we believe that that's a fluke because we all know that he's electric. But the thing that for me is, all right, now you have tape, 180-yard, all-purpose yard game, four touchdowns. What can you do against Detroit? So that, for me, will be a real interesting thing to see is can Aaron Jones bounce back or bounce back, continue this trend, and who steps up now? So Devonta Adams is going to miss another week. Robert Tanyan is out. So, I want to talk about your boy. I want to talk about your boy, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. The Jimmy. And the Jimmy. And also, uh, before I forget, yes, uh, Corey Lindsley was a limited participant. Okay. Brian Balaga and Jimmy Graham were both given uh, veteran rest days. So, speaking of Jimmy Graham, I feel like he's going to continue to start to blossom. I agree. I, I think they're finally finding his niche, his, uh, where he fits in on the field. And how about that block he laid down? Oh, yeah. He's oh, been listening. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> he's been listening. He's been following Packers Twitter, and he's been listening to the Unknown Packers podcast on why are you putting him in situations to block? Well, that's the reason. That's the reason. I love that. I'm glad that you mentioned that because that shows that he's able to make adjustments. He's he's able to contribute to the team outside of being that that red zone tight end that we think of. It's like it's it, It's like he's starting to kind of buy into the whole system, buy into the message, and he's like, all right. You know, I see what the people are saying. I'm liking the system. I want to fit in, and so I hope he's he's getting gonna get tougher. Gonna well, he's get gonna ha- he's gonna get tougher. Gonna he's get gonna t- have to because I, with Tanya being out, I like what we saw in Mercedes Lewis as well. Mm-hmm. There's one play specifically where it was just a quick pass, almost looked like where it could have been a pass 
designed for Aaron Jones, but instead it, it goes to Mercedes Lewis where he's got blockers in front. He's got offensive linemen that are going to the second, third level. That's the exciting thing yeah. too is what Elton Jenkins brings. And so Mercedes Lewis is another guy that maybe people are sleeping on, especially with Tanya being hurt. Uh, but the the one thing I did want to mention too is that when we talked about Aaron Jones so much, there's a there's another running back that I feel that we need to mention, and that's Carryon Johnson for Detroit. Oh yeah, and this is something that's been interesting. He's the first running back to rush for 100 yards in a game since Reggie Bush in 2013. Wow! And the Lions prepare to face off against the Green Bay Packers, who are 26th ranked in rush defense. Johnson was on pace to go for 1,004 yards last season, and that was a goal for him going in. He wants to be the first 1,000-yard rusher since Reggie Bush in 2013. He finished with 641 yards in 10 games last year, which put him on pace for 1,026 before a knee injury landed him on the IR. Right. And Johnson says that more than anything is that he needs to continue churning out 100-yard games. So when you look at it, two of the NFL's most explosive runners, on Johnson and Aaron Jones, they didn't carry the ball more than 20, 20 times in a single game in 2018. And so he just peaked, Aaron Jones just peaked at 17 carries, hitting the mark twice late last season. And t- Johnson just topped out recently with 19 carries in his in, in his 10 games. So when you're looking at it, uh, Matt Patricia, I thought this was interesting, said that Aaron Jones is having a lot of uh, success running stretch plays to the outside. That's backed up by data tracked by the NFL. For every yard Jones has gained, he's actually running 4.82 yards, indicating he spends a lot of time going east and west looking for a hole to open up. Patricia says, quote, he puts a lot of stress on you, puts a lot of stress on the defense, end quote. And so I I, I think, again, you're going to look at what does a secondary do to match up against Kenny Galladay and company? How can we address Kerryon Johnson, who I think is going to eat? Right. Yeah. And can we go back to back, stop an Elliott? Right. And yeah, I wanted to mention about and now, Kerryon, sorry to, sorry to interrupt no. your train of thought, but yeah, just, just looking at Kerryon Johnson this morning, I mean, he had a really slow start to the season. Um, you know, 16 carries for 49 yards against Arizona, 12 for 41 against uh, the Chargers, 20 for 36 against Philadelphia. So he had like 125, 126 yards his first three games. But like you mentioned, versus Kansas City, he broke out. He was given uh, 26 carries for 125 yards with a 4.8 average per carry. So he basically doubled his production last week. You add that to his two receptions for, I believe, 32 yards. He's definitely going to be be a a weapon for them this weekend. And I hate to say it, but if he's going to continue, this is kind of the the good week for him to to try. It'll be a great test for us. And back to back weeks now, like, are we going to see? The defense that got carved up by Minnesota and Denver, right. or are we going to see a defense and and Philadelphia, not to mention, or are we going to see a defense that we just saw this last week really contain Ezekiel Elliott? The thing to keep in mind, though, is that when the cow the Cowboys had some momentum in, in the first quarter, especially on that first drive that ended up getting uh, stalled on a big time interception by Jair Alexander, a throw that was. Uh, uh, behind Amari Cooper, where Jair Alexander was able to snatch that up. So even though we did contain Ezekiel Elliott, uh, those turnovers allowed us to jump up to a quick lead. And therefore, I think Jason Garrett, uh, Kellen Moore, had to game plan a little bit more differently where they had to get more creative. And that's where you saw Amari Cooper explode. So I definitely think I'm curious to see what kind of rush defense are we going to see. The ones from 
earlier or the ones that we just saw recently. Before we wrap up the first half of primetime, we mentioned Carry On Johnson. Let's also not forget that I, I mentioned him again, but Kenny Galladay, who's coming off a two-touchdown performance versus Kansas City for his bye, leads Detroit in receptions with 19 and has four touchdowns yep. through four games. So last or this past Sunday, you had Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott, and now you have Kenny Galladay and Carry On Johnson. Not the names that most people think of that are like, oh, can they wreak havoc? But those are the two guys. I think if you neutralize them, Packers come out on top and continue this dominating start to this beautiful season so far. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back in the second half of Primetime on tap. You are listening to the Unknown Packers podcast. Do you want to be a part of the show? If so, give our listener line a call. Leave your name, a comment, concern, or question, and we will include your message on an upcoming episode. Call 920-328-5269. Again, that's 920-328-5269. We look forward to hearing from you. Don't forget to show us some love and rate us on your favorite podcast provider. Now, let's get to the second half. And welcome back to the second half of Primetime on Tap. And we talked a lot about the Packers secondary, Kenny Galladay, Devontae Adams being out. What's that going to do to the Packers offense? But we're forgetting about the the Detroit Lions secondary. And Nebels, what, what do you think uh, when it comes to the Detroit secondary? Packers obviously have a great secondary. Outside of the Smiths, that might be their, their biggest strength and their offensive line. I mean, the Packers are just so well-rounded when you think about it. But... Give me your take right real quick with the Detroit Lions secondary. Slay comes to mind, but there's other guys that I feel like we're sleeping on. Definitely, yeah, and you and you nailed it right on the head. People are sleeping on the the Lions secondary. You don't hear about them. They don't come off as one of those really flashy groups, but they are an athletic, very quick secondary. You know, you mentioned Slay, you know, he's always been great. Uh, Justin Coleman's coming out. Quandre Diggs has been around the league for a long time. He hasn't lost a step. However, he was injured in their last game before the bye. And the Lions have this rookie, Will Harris, that has come in and is filling in. And he's going to be one that's that's fun to watch. He seems to be a, a Goody-type guy in that he has a 9.66 Raz score. So he is super athletic, super quick, drills well, and he's going to be a really you know, real fun guy to watch. So... Like I mentioned before, it's an underrated group. It's a group you don't hear about. But what they did against Kansas City, I mean, they uh, they were able to hold Mahomes without a touchdown for the first time in his career. We all know that is not an easy task in the least. And they also mm-hmm. held him to his lowest completion percentage of his career at 57.14%. So this group, while you don't hear about them, like I said, while they're not flashy, they're one to watch out for. They are going to be... They're gonna they're gonna be a tricky group to go against, especially without having Tay. Our young receivers are definitely gonna have to step step up if they're gonna have success against this group. Well, and I'm glad. I, I mean, that's stuff that I you know I didn't really think about. You know, I I know the names, but again, I I feel like I'm sleeping on them, and and I'm glad that we can go into uh, Monday Night Football being a little bit more well rounded when it comes to the Detroit Lions. Uh, and it, and speaking of the secondary, and speaking of coverage. Matt Patricia prefers to play coverage versus pressuring the quarterback. 
So the Packers could see a hefty amount of three-man rushes. So Aaron Rodgers might have to deliver an accurate football with consistency, which I'm, I'm picking this up from film notes from uh, the Detroit Lions uh, <laughs> perspective. Nice. And what they said, though, is the Lions were, were stung a few times by Patrick Mahomes' legs. So if Patricia opts for a heavy man-based cover scheme, I think they can hedge their shot plays, quote-unquote, with Rodgers' legs. And so pushing that coverage deep might open up some running lanes for Aaron Rodgers. And so that's when we talk about going into games, who are we looking for to break out or, or be those, quote-unquote, game ball guys in, in our post-game episodes? And last week, you know, I'm talking about Danny Vitale. I'm talking about meatball marinara and that wheel route. And it, it, it is there. It is there. We saw it earlier uh, this season. I can't remember specifically where he got dragged down at the one. And then Matt LaFleur, we talked about this in the Bearded Duo session, where Matt LaFleur's like, no, you got to earn that. Uh-huh. You got to get in there. So I'm not going to give the ball back. But I, I do want to mention, so Aaron Rodgers, I feel like when we look at him and... Not to say that that oomph isn't there, but there have been some throws where I felt like, oh man, like if it was just a little bit more on that, um, that's six. And specifically that Marcos Velda scantling uh, route, which drew a pass interference. Right. If that's led a little bit more, that's six. But keep in mind though, that play against, or the play where Rogers kind of, you know, does a little dosy do a little pirouette, if you will, and then almost uh, against the grain throws... And leads Robert Tanyan yep. where he goes up and, and, and hauls that in. Unfortunately, we, we won't know about Robert Tanyan as we're recording this earlier before Monday. But Aaron Rodgers, I feel like, where they're talking about that he needs to, the, the Lions perspective of how he needs to be accurate and he needs to be consistent. You saw that. You saw this game ball manager. This is what he wants to do. He just wants to win games. Yep. Just like he said on Sirius, uh, what, XF or... Series X FM NFL radio with Brett Favre. He just wants to win games. He's got the stats. He just wants to win. And so for me, when you talk about winning, I I expect, and maybe Matt Lef- or Matt Patricia is already expecting this, but I expect not only Aaron Jones to continue this trend of being an elite electric runner where speed is the equalizer. I look at Aaron Rodgers yeah. in the run game. And so that's my first, I think if, if Rodgers moves the chains with his legs on top of being the game ball manager that he's been so far, I, I think we're going to see an explosive game Monday night. So Aaron Rodgers is the first guy for me, and maybe it's an easy one, but I'm looking specifically in the run game. And yep. if anyone watched Thursday night football, Tom Brady scored two rushing touchdowns, uh, sneaking it in both at the one yard line. Um, and this whole Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers debate, I'm going to throw that out there. And so these two rushing touchdowns, I think maybe Aaron Rodgers will have those as well. I like it. I like it a lot. And similarly to what you said, I think it's going to come come down to the running game again. I I'm thinking that uh, Jamal is going to come back and he's going to he's going to have a game. Nice. Now, I don't think it's going to be a, a Jones type game by any means, but I think he's going to come in, be solid, he's going to relieve Jones when he needs to, and I think between the two of them, it's going to be a monster monster rushing game. I think it's going to be one of the better rushing games that they've had in recent history. That's my my bold prediction. I'm I'm saying Packers collectively. I don't normally do this, but I'm I'm going for over 200 yards on the ground this week. I'm getting that's what I'm happens. Crazy. That's what happens when you naked cannonball into the the bellow that's of the right. bay. You get a little. You nutty. get crazy. You get crazy, but it's all of sound and mind. I love that, and I think number two. 
Um, I'm going to do three, three little points of focus. And if these go off, if you check these off um, your list, I think the Packers come away victorious. Second is the offensive line. Oh, yeah. Elton Jenkins brings a whole nother dimension to this offensive line with his nasty, the the nasty at guard where we had it at with Josh Sitton and TJ Lang and Mike Wall, Marco Rivera, all those guys. Elton Jenkins brings it. And he was a guy that goes to the second or third level in the blink of an eye. And I think that's the difference too, is what you're seeing is this offensive line um, where the whole focus was like, all right, we're going to be an outside run, run our zone blocking. We're, we're going to focus that. But really what I like about Coach Lafleur is he's realized that he can be so effective inside. And what Coach Patricia mentioned where Jones is, granted it can bite him a couple times where he he picked up some uh, um, lost yardage from bouncing into uh, um, bouncing into his lineman and then kind of, you know, going back forward or going backwards a little bit and losing yards. Whereas if he was just, uh, if he would have just stopped right there, it would have been no gain. So it definitely bites him a little bit. But that's what excites me is that he's looking for that opening. And I think Jenkins, I think Bakhtiari bring it. The concern though is Lindsley. Concern is Billy Turner. And then also Brian Balaga. Uh, granted, he, Brian Balaga is the best right tackle in the game. He's playing the best at his position right now so far, five weeks in, and is going to be a free agent in 2020. We talked about that in Bearded Duo Sessions, but he's also he's also battling some injuries. They all are. And so the offensive line, I think, Patricia's going to really make it point of emphasis at getting at Rodgers and maybe exploiting uh, the injuries they have the offensive line. So that's my second point of focus, that if the offensive line protects, opens up lanes, Packers will win. All right. Well, I'm in the cold water. My nards are in my stomach. I got a brain freeze. Okay. My, All right. my lips are turning blue, and I'm going to get okay, a little nutty. That, okay. 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 I'm going to turn one of your concerns around. And I'm going to say bootstrap Billy Turner as a game this week. Ooh, I like it. And way to throw that nickname in. We forgot about that when we talked about good old bootstrap in the offseason when we acquired him. Um, I remember your producer notes was, hey, next time we talk about this, you got to inject bootstrap into it. So good call. I think he's due. I think he's due. I mean, he gets a lot of hate. And obviously, he has not performed as well as, as many expected or he has performed as many had expected. But I think he's coming around. I think this is going to be a coming out game for him. Of course, my last couple of pregame balls have made me sound like a jackass. So Same. Um, <laughs> same. I don't I don't I don't think I don't think I've uh I've hit on any of them, really. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna blame it on the cold water and uh you know what the heck? What what this is fun. This is what we're here for. So I'm going out of limb and giving number two to old bootstrap. I, I love it. And granted, I I think it's interesting. I mean, I think we're a society based on based on focusing on the negative. I think that that's the easy thing to do is look at what's not working. But I I, I feel that because the offensive line has been so huge, I think because they're they're one of the reasons that the Packers are a championship caliber team in uh, Matt Lafleur's rookie season, which is which is incredible to think about. But it, it's easy to look at, all right, who's the weakest link? And if you're looking closely, it, it does look like Billy Turner, but it, it it's still new. I, I think he's such a better replacement than Byron Bell. And for me, I would much rather have him in there than what we've had in the past. So I, I'm going to keep an eye on Billy Turner. I'm glad that you mentioned him. Uh, and I'm going to focus on him Monday night. My third point of focus, and if we nail this on the head, Packers come away victoriously is uh, Oren Burks. Ah, and, yes. 
And the Packers drafted him to be that hybrid, that sideline to sideline guy. He's not a thumper, but we've sorely missed that since Raven Green went down. We thought we had that possibly with Josh Jones. Um, so Orrin Burks needs to be that guy. Love it. And I and I think that he can complement Blake Martinez. Granted, Blake Martinez is a tackling machine. I'm not going to deny that. And when you look at weak leaders and game leaders of tackles, Blake Martinez is always there because they're attacking the middle of the field. That's that's my point is that they're attacking the middle of the field. And so Blake Martinez is always there. What I would like is to see more of stop you in your tracks here. And I think that what Burks brings is a whole different element. And he was the reason um, why he was drafted in the third round last year and why I feel that it was such a huge injury first week preseason. And the exciting thing is that we thought that this might be a lost season for him. He'd be on the IR. And granted, it turns out that, you know, we got to see him last or last Sunday against Dallas. And I think he continues. I think that if we can turn that area of concern in the middle of the field with Burks and if he can stay healthy and be that guy that we want him to be, Packers are going to come away victorious and the Packers are going to move to five and one and sit atop of the NFC North and might be the team to beat in the NFC. Love it. Love it. All right. My number three in the water. My beard's got the icicles going out. Got the frozen snots. I'm about to throw Rose off her floating door. It's so visual. Uh, you like that? <laughs> it's visual. <laughs> I am going with Rashawn Gary. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love yeah. It. It's time for the kid to break out. He's been so, it. so close. So, so yep. close. And just watching what he's been doing. Again, he's not putting up those flashy numbers. He's not putting up, out those, those highlight reel plays, but he is so close. And I think that this week, Prime time, Monday, division rivalry, chance to go 3-0 in the division. I think he steps up in a big way. I'm, I'm going to give him uh, at least a sack this week. Well, when we were talking about it during our break, you were a little concerned about these pregame balls, but you just hit it out of the park. Rashawn Gary, as well as another guy that, you're right, he's so close. And even uh, linebacker coach uh, Mike, Mike Smith mentioned that he kind of had to check Rashawn Gary and just say like, hey, Everything will come to you. Everything will come to you. And it reminds me of, um, and it just dawned on me. So when I was a sophomore in high school, I wrestled and we had a we had a great wrestler on our team by the name of Eric King who went on to state, just a technician. And as a sophomore, he came in and he knew that it was his time to break out. But what he wanted was he wanted to go out and pin everyone. And I remember um, our wrestling coach kind of getting Eric King to kind of, you know, check himself a little bit and realize why he was such a technician, why he was so dangerous as a sophomore on the mat was because he had all this talent. He had it within him. He just had to allow the the game, the match to come to him. And I think that's the same thing with Rashawn Gary is that you got to, he's just got to allow the game to come to him. And I get that, you know, like in baseball where you press, where you tip your pitches, like mm-hmm. that's the same thing that I'm noticing with Rashawn Gary is he's pressing. Sure. He's, he's pressing. He gets this momentum and then he takes a really long way to get to the quarterback or he's just right there. And so I, you hit it all in the ballpark. I think with uh, what we're going to focus on in, in our defense, they're going to focus on Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. And I think that they're going to forget about Rashawn Gary. Also, another guy is Kenny Clark. He's been quiet. Yeah, um, yeah. He was dominant weeks one through three, got stopped in his tracks a little bit by Jason Kelsey against Philadelphia and did so-so on Sunday. So I, I'd look to see what he can bring. But 
as we wrap up primetime on tap, just to ground ourselves a little bit, and then I'll ramp us right back up. The one area of concern for me is can we go back-to-back weeks without Devonta Adams? You can do it one week, but can you do it back-to-back weeks? And so sure. if exactly. Detroit comes in and neutralizes Aaron Jones, I think, again, it'll be up to Rodgers to extend plays with his legs. But who's going to be that guy? And so I that that's what I'm going to keep an eye. Is it Jimmy Graham? Is it going to be Marcos Valdez-Scantling? Jake Kumaro? Meatball marinara? Right. That's what I want to see is Aaron Jones... He's going to get his, but you know that the defense is going to key in on him. So will it be Jamal Williams? So that's the the area of concern is who's going to be that guy outside of Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devonta Adams on this offense? No, I I agree. I I couldn't tell you who's going to be the guy, but I can tell you that they're gonna they're going to need to attack the middle of the field. Your crossing routes, your slants, uh, your wheel routes. I don't think you're going to go deep often on this secondary. And, you know, their secondary is is the biggest concern for me as we don't have that number one guy. So this is going to have to be a true team effort win this week. I'm not going to say, you know, XYZ has to step up. They all have to step up, do what they can do. And I think it'll be, I think we'll be good as gold. I think when you mentioned that, the guy that has been, like you said, Rashawn Gary, who's so close, uh, Darius Shepard, who's been yes, so close. A guy, yes. uh, our our uh, preseason darling. Undra- not even an undrafted free agent went through the the NFL draft process undrafted went through the undrafted free agent process and didn't get selected and then just tried out with the Packers in the big I think May 11th May 10th and then made his way onto the 53 man roster what a great story he was so close to hauling in his first touchdown and I believe his first reception in the NFL correct me if I'm wrong I don't believe I'm you're not- wrong <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure but I think he's another I think he's another guy that um, I again, I just I would like to it, it would it would comfort me to know that we would have someone outside of Aaron Jones or Aaron Rodgers or Devonta Adams on the offense, and maybe maybe it's actually just Coach Lafleur. Sure. Maybe maybe it's our defense. Maybe we don't need that guy because we have such a dominant defense. So and and well, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I kind of you know before we get too far off a of, of Shep, I kind of look at him as. The, the heartbreaker, like like Cobb was, you know what I mean. Yeah. He's just that guy who's in there and may not be an over, it may not be a super super stud or anything, but he's just that heartbreaker, that one guy who just does it to you every time. And I think he's primed to fill those shoes. Right. He's a crisp crisp route runner. He's quick. He's got those nice hands, and that's what I'm expecting out of him, just to be that heartbreaker. I can, and I I'm hoping I'm hoping it happens. And another area of concern, I will say, as we, as I said this again, as we get close to wrapping up, is uh, what if the Packers don't create turnovers? That's where you're seeing mm-hmm. where when they create turnovers, they're in a position to win. But what happens in a game where they don't create turnovers? Can right. you stop? Can you sp- stop the Lions without creating turnovers? So I would say, who's going to step out outside of the you know the usual known suspects? And what happens if the Packers don't? create any turnovers. Can the defense still figure out a way to stop? I believe so. I think that we're functioning on a whole nother level. We're cerebral in all aspects of the game. And again, it this is a championship caliber team. Packers are four and one. I want to thank everyone for being along for the ride as we continue to grow, transform, and reach new heights with the Unknown Packers production, especially the Unknown Packers podcast. But any last wise 
Sage words from the soothing, sexy sounds of Nebels. You do that to me every time, Bryce. <laughs> um, no, not really. I mean, like you mentioned, the if we can't get turnovers, I think the key is going to be just getting to Stafford. Often, you know, a lot. Getting to Stafford. I can't think of the term I wanted to use, so I'll edit that out. Um, but yeah, get to Stafford, you know, sack him, make him throw off his game. Incompletions, I think we'll be, we'll be all right. Again, I... You know, week in, week out, I still think that the Packers are the better team. And we'll continue week in and week out to see if the Packers are still the better team. But I haven't, the start of the season going against the Bears and going against the Vikings, I really wanted to see, okay, back-to-back weeks. I don't like playing uh, divisional teams right off the bat. And you know what? We get through that. And now we've got another a divisional foe. Uh, and we can sit atop of the NFC North, and this is such a refreshing feel. Soak it in, Packer fans. We have a great football team, and again, just like the Unknown Packers podcast and the Unknown Packers production, the Packers are still just scratching the surface. Thank you so much for listening to Primetime on Tap. I am your co-host, Bryce Christensen. And I'm Nebels. And this is the Unknown Packers podcast. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. Make sure that you're tuning in to TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Play, Stitcher, and a variety of other podcast platforms. Don't forget to say, hey, Alexa, play the Unknown Packers podcast. That's right. We're good friends with Alexa. Make sure you're checking out our website, theunknownpackers.com, as well as Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Reddit the Unknown Packers podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I'm Bryce Christensen, and this is the Unknown Packers podcast.